In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Today's Gospel text, kind of looked at it during the week, the beginning of the week. Normally when I do that, I have a thousand thoughts, so the homily is going to be very long today. (laughs) Oh, no. No, actually, what happens is very interesting. When you read the Gospel early in the week, it it kind of shifts, and it's very beautiful in a lot of ways because, you know, you're praying that God's going to give you what you need to hear. Uh, normally what he does first is gives me what I need to hear, so I'm going to preach what I heard about me, and maybe it'll affect you. In all of these things that the Lord had, was, what was happening around this event, the epileptic, the father begging the disciples to heal him. The disciples trying to heal him. There's one phrase in here that just stuck out at me as the week progressed. Bring him here to me. Bring him here to me. You keep trying. You keep begging. You keep doing your own thing. You keep doing your best. All of the work humanity tries to do falls way short of what God can do. He says, bring him here to me. You kept trying to do this on your own. You kept trying to do this on your own strength. Bring him here to me. What a powerful thing. What great words. Simple words. You know, we make this struggle sometimes in life, and we we do all the stuff. We make all our prayers, we do all our efforts, and what we're really supposed to do is first bring it to Him. I was thinking about that whole sense of drawing near to God. That's what the church is about. You know why you take Holy Communion? So you can draw near to God. It's not a habit. It's drawing near to Him. Bring him here to me. You know why you have icons? So you can draw near to God. Oh, they're so beautiful, Father. You have such beautiful icons in your church. I love to come to your church because I love the beauty of the church. Don't stop there. Go to God. It's to take us to Christ. We wear crosses. We cross ourselves. Why? To draw near to God to be closer to Christ. Why do we read the Holy Bible? I hope you read the Holy Bible. Why do you read the Holy Bible? Because it's holy. John, you're going to answer all my questions. Because it draws you near to Christ. All the things we've been given, beloved, all the beautiful traditions of the church are made for one thing. To draw you near to God. Because Christ said, if you want the things that you need to have in this life for your salvation, you must come to me. You must come to me. They're found nowhere else. Nowhere else are they found. Only in Christ are they found. I think we need to be very clear on this about our Christianity, about our faith. It's about a relationship with the one who died on the cross, rose again from the dead, ascended into heaven, and sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. It's that relationship that becomes critical to us. 
And our church, thanks be to God, has developed and given us traditions that afford us to do that. Why do we get anointed with holy oil? To draw near to God. See, all the things we do. Why do we venerate the icons? To draw near to God. All of it's there for that. Why does God send trials? So we could draw near to God. It's all that. It's all about that. Bring him here to me. Wow, what a powerful, what a powerful line in the middle of all the confusion. Let's back up and take a look at this text because I think some of the things in here can very much help us. It says in the very beginning that he falls into the fire and, and into the water. And for us, for us epileptics, we, are, we fall into the fire of our passions and are drowned by our circumstances. You ever feel that way? You ever get drowned by your passions? Those habits that are difficult, those things that have more control of you than you do of them? How, many's got, how many people here have got a passion? <laughs> God, God wants you to overcome those things. Draw near to Him. Beg Him. Come near to Him. Draw near to Him. He can help you with those passions. You know, when, we, uh, when you understand a passion, that's, that, look at it like a bad habit. You have to be very careful of how that habit kind of, interacts in your life so you have to back up away from that habit for instance um, if you're an alcoholic it's not a good idea to go to a bar if you have trouble on the internet when you're tired and uh, lonely when you're tired and lonely don't go to the internet you have to understand how the passion starts and you have to beat it before you get into it. That's, that's what God can help us do when we draw near to him, when we understand this about the passion. Or are we drowned by our circumstances? Are we thrown into the water of our circumstances? You know, the last week's uh, homily, oh, by the way, I wanted to share with you, I had a beautiful time at the uh, St. Anthony's Church in Reno with Father Stephen Karcher uh, and Olga Hardenbrook. Karcher, of the beautiful service, wonderful time with them. Uh, they send their love to this community. Uh, Father Stephen kind of grew up through this church a little bit, so it's very beautiful, beautiful to see them. The text last week was about St. Peter looking at Christ and being able to walk on the water. And when he, when he looked at his circumstances, what did he do? He sunk. Bring him here to me. Draw near to Christ. Keep your eyes on Christ and you can rise above your circumstances. Your circumstances won't change. They might not get better. They may get worse. But keep your eyes on Christ. You can stay above the confusion. Your heart can stay at peace. Look at your circumstances. You will drown in them. Keep your eyes on Christ. You can rise above them. And so we come to the disciples, and he says uh, that the disciples could not heal the, the epileptic. 
And then the Lord speaks to them about faith. He says, oh, faithless generation, if you had just a little faith, what could you do? What's he say you could do? You can move a mountain. Let's see. Let's all turn around and look at those mountains. Think we could shift them? You know the story, some of the stories of the saints, they actually moved mountains. But you know something that the church teaches us that's so important? You know, we would think that that kind of miracle would be so phenomenal and we'd love to do something like that. It would build my faith. It would be so wonderful. I'd be such a great Christian. You know what the miracles are? To tame the temper. That moves a mountain. If you draw near to Christ, you can tame the temper. You got a temper? You got anger? You want to tame it? That's a miracle. That's moving a mountain. That's the miracle that Christ wants. That's the mountain that Christ wants to move. You have somebody that's offended in your life, offended you in your life? Let's see if anybody's offended you. Have I offended you? Yes. I've been here 40 years. I worked really hard at offending each of you. <laughs> and at one point in time, in 40 years, I have done it. So the miracle is to do what? What mountain needs to be moved? You need to forgive. You need to forgive. That's the miracle. It moves the mountain of, of bitterness and resentment. That mountain is a hard mountain to move. But it can be moved by forgiveness. Simple, simple. But you have to draw near to God to do that. That's not done on your own. How about finding joy in the midst of sorrow? Is that a miracle? Is that a mountain that gets moved? That sorrowful place in your life that difficult situation, and you find joy there. You find Christ present. You find Him suffering with you because He suffered for you. Draw near to Him. Bring Him here to me. Can you find love in the face of hatred? Is that a mountain that can be moved? When you hate that person and, and God's, God is there and you turn to God and all of a sudden all that angst turns to love. Wow. That's a miracle. That's a mountain that gets moved. Draw near to God. That miracle can happen. And finally for us, can we find Resurrection in the midst of crucifixion. You know, this life crucifies us all. It's the gospel. If we follow our Lord, guess what? Crucifixion must precede resurrection. We will all be nicked. We will all have trouble. We will all struggle. We'll all have pain. We'll all have sorrow. We all will experience crucifixion. In fact, God 
promises it. <laughs> we don't like to hear that part of the gospel, but he promises that. Why? Because in crucifixion, what do you find? What's at the end of crucifixion? If you're in Christ, resurrection. You can stay in crucifixion and be embittered and be angry and, and, be, uh, and resent life. You can stay there. But the miracle of Christ is you move to resurrection and you feel lifted above that sense of, of being tormented and, and in difficult circumstances. So, beloved, today, we are asked to persevere as Christian people. We are asked to stand firm in Christ, to draw near to God in whatever circumstance we're in. If we're the epileptic, if we're the father begging for his son, if we're the one trying to heal the other person, the Lord made it very simple. Bring him here to me. Draw near to God. That's the place. That's where it works. Let me end with this beautiful, uh, these beautiful words of St. Paul in Romans 5. And not only that, we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. And listen to this. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in your hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Because hope doesn't disappoint. Why? Because the love of God has been poured out where? Into your hearts. Into your hearts. So that you can engage this Christian life by drawing near to God and dealing with what's before you in Christ. May that be our effort. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.